Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best in the business, no doubt. Always fun to uh, bring on a guest with the old This Week in Baseball closing theme from back in the day, thinking about Mal Allen on that show. I believe the name of the song is Gathering Crowds, if I'm not mistaken, but what do I know? Uh, from USA Today, Major League Baseball columnist, Hall of Fame voter, Bob Nightingale, with us on the radio show. Bob, how are you, man? Yeah, doing great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you doing this, man. Uh, people are pretty fired up in Seattle for Mariner baseball. 21-6 and six in the last 27 games. Uh, they have shaved off six games off the Rangers' lead in the AL West, and you got knuckleheads like us that are up here in Seattle talking about breaking the curse and making the World Series for the first time in franchise history. Uh, do we have solid ground to be saying things like that in your mind? Well, it's certainly open. There's not one big juggernaut. I mean, it's not like being the National League with the uh, Atlanta and the Dodgers. Uh, everybody's got their flaws. You know, I just saw the Rangers, you know, lost six in a row. Uh, you know, Houston's going through their thing. So, I mean, even last year, I remember when the Astros played uh, the Mariners and, you know, talking to Dusty Baker, he said that, you know, that uh, Mariners scared him to death in the sense where that, just because that rotation is so great. And, you know, as you remember, they easily, easily could win all three of those games. So, uh, yeah, you get in. Anything can happen, but, yeah, it's a scary, scary rotation. Big picture between Seattle and Houston. Do you kind of see a changing the guard? Do you see two ships passing in the night where Seattle's going to overtake Houston as the best team in this division for the next few years? I don't see that yet. I mean, you still got Bregman and Altuve there for another year, uh, obviously that, with that rotation. So, I mean, the day is coming. I just don't think it's quite there yet. And these guys know how to win. I mean, Jordan Alvarez is, uh, you know, just a, a monster hitter. Uh, so I don't think that day's arrived. I think it's coming, but not quite yet. Well, I mean, put your uh, prognosticator hat on, Bob. Bob Nightingale with us on the radio show. you got three teams in Houston, Texas, and Seattle that are all separated right now by a game and a half. I mean, it's going to be an amazing finale. And, by the way, they all play each other in the final ten games of the regular season. So playoff baseball really kind of begins, if not now, at least in mid-September. But who do you think wins that division when it's all said and done? I still just stick with Houston. I mean, they just know how to win. And they've, uh, they've done it. And the Rangers haven't been there for a while. Uh, I know they have some veterans you know, on the team, like, you know, Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, Max Scherzer, of course, uh, Ian Baldy. But just, you know, the Houston just keeps, you know, doing it time and time again. And they've had so many injuries, uh, so many problems, but yet, you know, here they are hang, hanging around. So I'll still, go, I'll still go Astros to win the division. What you said there a moment ago about maybe a year or two away, it's not quite yet for this team in this division then do you think maybe that's a reason why jerry depoto hasn't been aggressive in free agency offensively or in a trade offensively because maybe he agrees with you and said you know what our time is coming but it's not quite now well yeah i mean certainly he didn't believe in the team that you know was going to take off and win the world series or they want to don't they did the trade line 
I mean, instead of, you know, listing for offers and trading away Seawald, they would have, you know, gone the other way. So, okay, let's beat this team up. Let's get some uh, bats in here and uh, see if we can win this thing. So, you know, I, I think, you know, with the mayor's success, you know, catching the front office by surprise, too. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, and that's the frustration for me. Uh, I, I think it's possible, Bob, that Jerry almost kind of underestimated maybe in some ways what he had on his hands. And Dick and I were talking last segment about the Paul Seawald deal. Would you go back and do it over again and keep Paul Seawald and not bring on Canzone and Josh Rojas? I mean, obviously, look, it's kind of a minor deal no matter how you slide. Not a major deal for either team. But do you think the Paul Seawald trade to Arizona will prove to be a net positive or a net negative? for them i think that that uh negative this year uh but you know for the, positive for the future i just don't like trading a closer particularly a popular guy like that you know i mean the uh marriage went through that a couple of years ago they traded kendall grayman right and uh you know they missed the playoffs by by one game they're 16 and four now the last 20 games well one one game was lost in ninth inning and the other three were extra innings you know like today um, you know, we saw what Milwaukee, Milwaukee traded a closer last year, uh, Josh Hader, and it blew up in their face. They missed the playoffs by game. I just hate trading away a closer and trying to piecemeal it together. Uh, I just, you know, think, you know, having, having the guy you can turn to night after night is kind of is, uh, inviolable. Take us back, Bob, to July 31st. What was available, if anything? If Jerry Depoto did want to bring in a legitimate starting caliber bat via trade, yeah, I mean there wasn't any uh, you know star guys out there, uh, but you know say, say uh, for instance a Tommy Pham who's done unbelievable for the Diamondbacks could have got him for practically nothing, and Diamondbacks just gave them a a real French prospect, and he's been very valuable for those guys. I mean he's been a uh, two or three walk-off hits already and just an intensity in the clubhouse. Uh, like I said, you know, not, not an all-star, but, but a solid, solid guy. But those, you know, those type of bats, you know, the Rockies guys, you know, you know, whether it's, you know, CJ Cron and those guys, uh, you know, Bellinger was not available. He almost was available, mm-hmm. but you know, a, a lot of, you know, a lot of good guys, but not, not yeah. super superstars. Well, Bob Nightingale, again, is our guest from USA Today, talking some baseball. Ems lose 5-4 uh, to Chicago. Kansas City coming up, so a chance to beat up on the Royals again this weekend. The A's on the schedule. Uh, they got a stretch run in September that's tough, but a nice chance to fatten that wind column up for a while, Bob. And then you get to the offseason. And people are kind of wondering about Shohei Otani, right? You got the Ichiro connection here in Seattle, close to Japan. Otani at the All Star Game uh, revealed that he actually had spent the last couple of off seasons here in Seattle. Um, just number one from the standpoint of the Mariners, do you consider them to be a real legit player in the Otani sweepstakes when that does happen? I, you know, I don't. I just think they're a real long shot. I mean, remember now, people, you know, people are saying, well, Otani wants to, you know, leave because the uh, Angels don't win. Well, the Angels have been in the playoffs a lot more than the Mariners have in the last 20 years, uh, you know, going that. There's also, uh, I don't know what it is, a cultural thing and stuff. A lot of times the Japanese stars want to make their own thing. You know, Ichiro has already been that guy in Seattle. Uh, I think that Padres have a, don't have much of a chance because you got you Darvish already there. I think it comes down to, you know, Dodgers, Angels. San Francisco Giants. I, I, I really do. I'm not going to, you know, totally dismiss Seattle. 
But I just think the fact that, you know, each of us already got this legacy and everything else, that he wants to, you know, do his own legacy, uh, you know, one of, one of those other places. Well, so were you surprised that he wasn't traded? Because I know Artie Moreno's taken a lot of, of heat, including from me. I mean, I just can't I can't believe that they wouldn't go just completely rebuild their farm system in, in a trade, regardless of whether they wanted to sign him next year or not. You know, I thought it was a smart thing to do to keep him, because if you trade him, you got zero chance to uh, sign him as a free agent. I mean, he's gone. And uh, I think this way to say, okay, let's keep him, try to add on, see if we can make him run this thing. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. You know, Otani, you know, left the game early again today with the arm yeah. fatigue. But, you know, if, if they had no interest in keeping him and, and if they thought that he had no interest in coming back, then you would have moved him. But I also believe that, you know, what are you going to get for Otani for two months? I mean, nobody gives up, you know, prospects anymore. You know, you saw where, uh, you know, the Diamondbacks, then they traded away Paul Goldschmidt, you know, a couple of years ago to St. Louis. Well, they don't have anything left from that trade. You know, the Rockies don't have much from Nolan Arenado. It seems like all these prospects get hyped, and they don't amount to much. Uh, you know, they would have got, you know, the Angels maybe would have got two of some teams' top ten prospects, yep. and that's it. I mean, there's not, you know, there's going to be no fair value unless, you know, unless the Yankees were going to send them Aaron Judge or something. Well, Bob Nightingale with us again. Bob, before you go, uh, we've been kind of pushing service and DePoto for executive manager of the year. The last couple seasons got beat out, the two of them. But uh, give me your AL manager and your AL executive of the year right now with uh, five weeks to go in the regular season. Yeah, I mean, AL, it's usually always a team that, you know, comes in nowhere. I think it's a two, two-man two race. I mean, I think Scott serves a uh, wonderful job. I think right now it's bringing a high to the Baltimore Orioles or Bruce Bochy, Texas Rangers. Usually you have to come off of, you know, a bad season to make it. Uh, service will get, you know, some top three, top four votes. But I think right now it's a two-headed monster between those two guys. They really do. In uh, the executive of the year, you know, they just give out one, uh, you know, for both leagues. So I bet it's going to be Mike Elias from Baltimore. I'm in a team with the uh, small payroll. You know, you lost, you know, 105, 110, 115 games year after year. And now you got to, uh, particularly when the AL East in the top farm system, I'd be shocked if he doesn't win it. This Wander Franco situation is interesting, and it really affects the American League wild card, the American League East, and, and obviously by proxy the Mariners. So uh, tell us what's going on with Wander Franco and how long is he going to be out for Tampa? Well, I certainly don't see him returning this year. His investigation is going to take a long, long time. You know, now there was a report that he was secretly married. And, uh, you know, it's a cultural thing, too, in the Dominican, where, you know, it's not, uh, you know, stuff like that happens. Uh, you know, he's 22 years old. Yeah. So if he was, uh, you know, dating a, uh, a girl who was 14 or 15, you know, maybe he was 17 at the time, you know, I don't know. So there's just so much, you know, stuff out there. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be strange situation but you know tell you what you know, i travel around different clubs you don't hear people talking about it you really don't maybe because of the tampa situation maybe you know if it's a, a cultural thing if he was a you know a uh, american kid and you know dating a 14 year old people jump out but yeah it's just a uh uh you know it, it's unfortunate because the arrays do things right there he's such a valuable piece of the organization and uh you know for a couple months there you know, you had the Rays almost penciled in to get to the World Series. 
Yeah, no doubt. Hey, Bob, listen, great stuff, man. Love following you on Twitter. Uh, always fun to catch up. Appreciate the time, and we'll talk down the road. All right, Thanks, man? Bob. All right, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. You bet. Bob Nightingale from USA Today. Uh, he's been on this station for years, at B Nightingale, by the way, on X or Twitter, whatever the hell you want to call it. The Wander Franco thing is just gross, by the way, right? Weird. I mean, all of it's weird. It's another blow for Tampa, obviously. But, you know, curious to hear him talk about the Mariners in the uh, in the West, that the Astros in the end, that their experience will find a way to kind of be the difference between these three teams. And he might be right. You know, I don't think the Mariners are as behind the eight ball as they were three or four years ago in that regard because they've been in races for the last two seasons, you know, to make the postseason. Uh, missed it, obviously, in 21, made it in 22. But this idea of pressure-packed baseball, right, in the final two weeks of September is not a foreign thing to these no. guys anymore. Yeah, they got a lot of experience in each of the last two years. I mean, this will be their third race in a row, yep. and they were able, you know, they failed one year, they succeeded one year, and then they played two pressure-packed series. So, I mean, I think you see this in sports, particularly the NBA, you see it all the time, right, where the team makes the playoffs, then they make the second round of the playoffs. Then they make the third round of the playoffs. And it takes some time. And in baseball, that happens as well. And I think the Mariners, I still think they're at least a year away from, from being a legitimate World Series team. But yeah. I do think they can take, with the right matchup in the playoffs, I think they can take another step versus what they did last year and get to the ALCS. Well, and it's just unfortunate that they're not a legit World Series team now, in your opinion. I think they are a legit World Series team. Because I think to be a legit World Series team, you have to be elite at something. And they are elite yeah. with, with their starting pitching. Uh, this is the best rotation I've ever seen in my life in Seattle. Right. And I just think that the idea, and, and Bob and might be totally right, that the Canzone-Rojas deal for Seawold might hurt him in the short run, but it'll help him in the long run. I just think that everything DePoto was all about, within reason, like, you know, you want to trade your top 50 prospects and completely empty your farm system and start over. Within reason, everything that they should have done this year would, should have been about getting a World Series championship to Seattle right now. And I think you can accomplish both. I think there's this frustration that I have sometimes with people and with GMs and with media people, broadcasters alike, Dick, that I think it's, it's kind of either or. Either A, you're going for it now, or B, you're protecting the future. I just think that's right. nonsense. I think it's complete and utter nonsense that you can't do both. You absolutely can do both. You can bring up, you've got Harry Ford, you've got Cole Young, you've got Emerson Hancock, you've got a, a plethora of, of really nice young prospects that you can keep, that you can use as chess pieces down the road. And oh, by the way, you also have free agency. And the frustration for me, why I get so ticked off about this, is because I feel like the Mariners, there's three or four different ways to build a team, obviously, as you know. I feel like they have kind of said no to one of those ways, right? You got trades, you got tra uh, uh, the draft with prospects, right. building your system, and you got free agency, the three big ways to yeah, build your baseball yes. team. And I feel like the Mariners in some ways have kind of said no to one of those three options, which that bothers me. Mm -hmm. I want every avenue available to me to help my baseball team improve, and I feel like the Mariners in some ways have said no to one of those options. I think that's fair, and I think you need to have balance, right? You can't – I hate the Padres-Mets approach, and I'm glad it is burning in flames this year, and that is just going by free agency and trying to buy a baseball team. Um, but – 
On the other side, I don't think you should eliminate one of those three ways either. And yeah. thus far, the Mariners yeah. have eliminated one of those three ways. Well, look, what, what Jerry DePoto has done, and I know people don't like to hear compliments of DePoto. Some people don't. I do. What he's done with that rotation has been exceptional. Absolutely yes. exceptional. Masterful. Okay, it has been unbelievable. And for the most part, the bullpen, what too. What he's done. Uh, yes, absolutely. Not for the most part, the bullpen, right? I mean, he... It was his choice to get rid of Paul Sewell, but Brash, getting Brash from San Diego, robbing them, getting Munoz, bringing in guys like Topa, bringing in guys like uh, you know Munoz, mm-hmm. amazing. So I, I don't even want to say maybe the bullpen. Yes, the bullpen and the rotation. Julio Rodriguez, his development, uh, amazing. Uh, trading for Ty France, who's starting to pick it up a little bit. Incredible. He's done a lot of really unbelievable things with this baseball team, but I just I feel like sometimes they're a little bit nervous to admit that they have a real shot to win a championship and that maybe they want to get a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Maybe we're typically not willing to do this or give that up because we think it might ding us down the road. If there's ever a time to do something like that, it was now. And I've been pushing the idea that, hey, with all these teams in the playoffs now, I think you should push back the trade deadline to the middle of August, if not the end of August. I agree. Because you've got to decide with two months left to go in the baseball season, right? You, you get to play 66% of the season, and then you have to make a call if you're good enough. Mm-hmm. And I think if the trade deadline was pushed back to the middle of August or the end of the month, by the way, I think the Poto would have gone bigger at the deadline. If this team well, he wouldn't got, have traded Seawall, okay, that's for sure. If this team got hot the way that they did, I realize that we're living in some alternate universe here, mm-hmm. but I think, I, I really believe, Dick, if the trade deadline was four weeks later than what it was, I think Jerry DePoto would have made a bigger move and he would have gone for it. Or would and he, it would have been appropriate. I don't think he would have traded Seawall, but no. would he have looked at this offense and say, hey, this offense is averaging six and a half runs a game the last month and a half. I don't need to add to it. I think he would have looked at his minor league system and he would have been willing to give up a guy that he likes down the road for immediate help at left field or DH or somewhere else. That's what I think he would have done. Uh, or, again, even just not trading Paul Seawall, like you said. Yeah. Maybe he just says, you know what, I'm not going to do that to this team. I'm not going to give up a, you know, a, a closer who's been kicking ass like that. So, look, I think they got a real shot, guys. Uh, I, I said it when you were gone. I'll say it again. I, I, I think if the Mariners make the playoffs, I think they're going to the World Series this year. I hope you're right, man. Okay? I'm telling you, Dick, we're, we're two months away, potentially, from seeing these guys in the World Series for the first time in our life. That's how good this rotation is, man. I mean, George Kirby, the numbers don't look great today. The guy was freaking nails. He had nine Ks. Yeah. He threw two bad pitches in the game today yeah. and gave up three runs. We're going to break. Don't forget the Husky Football Coaches Show at 6 with Tony and Kalen right here on 93.3 KJRFM. Our nonstop coverage of Seahawks training camp continues from the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Brought to you by Northwest Handling Systems. Find us at nwhs.com. Now back to Softy and Dick on Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. All right, back here at the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Uh, big thanks to Shane Waldron for joining us on the air earlier today. You missed it. Check out the podcast page, 93.3 KJRFM for all the podcasts. Always free because why would anybody pay for that crap? God. You think we'd be screwed if we started charging people for the podcast? 
No. You no. think people would? You think I people don't. would pay for this? I think some people would pay. Wow. for Wow. I think enough people would pay for it to allow you and I oh, to get great. an extra couple of dinners in a week. Jackson, you think people would pay for our podcast on the website? For a low rate. I think. I think this content's really low good. Rate. I mean, you're still wandering <laughs> today. It's fantastic. Oh my! God. Shut up. Listen to this guy what are you talking about. I my think that God. everybody should go to the podcast after the show today. And Nobody to would ever pay for this. We've been giving it out for free. You're not paying for it now. It's like the Pac-12 network, right, and all the Apple stuff we're talking about, right? Like, we're all used to getting Fox and ESPN. The Pac-12 network is part of our cable package that we're paying for. Right. And then you want me to go ahead and start buying something else on the side to watch Pac-12 football. Are you crazy? Nuts. It's not going to fly. No. People I don't, you know, it. Right, but they did it when Leo Messi showed up. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> well, it only worked once oh, Leo Messi showed that's up. That's my point. Yeah, subscribers did double when Messi showed up. That's fair. Thank you very much for saying still, that. Still, more than <laughs> a I, people still did it. Okay, right, but they did it when the greatest player of all time no, 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 before. showed up. A million okay. people before. Right, yeah. but where, okay, and where were those numbers uh, in regards to what they were hoping to be at? I have no idea of that. Okay, I think they were low, is what I was told by my secret sources in soccer. Really? Oh, okay, no. number one. And number two, they made an insane jump when Leo Messi showed up. Double. You just admitted that, right? More than doubled, yeah. So if you can guarantee me that the greatest college football player of all time, or whatever the equivalent of that would be for the Pac-12, would show up, then yeah. I, I think, personally, guys, the Apple subscription-based plan on the West Coast would be an absolute disaster. I think in the SEC... Or the Big Ten, even the Big 12, maybe the ACC for basketball, whatever. I think in places like that where there's a real hardcore passion for it and it's a way of life, I think it would have been okay. But I think on the West Coast, we've been sitting here admitting for years that college football passion on the West Coast is in the toilet, right? Yes. We've been saying that forever. And now we're going to turn around and say that those same people would pony up the money it takes to watch their college football team play? Are we crazy? Are we not listening to ourselves in this conversation? How does Kalen DeBoer, how does Ryan Grubb go into a house in Katy, Texas and sit down with Mother and Father Johnson right. and say, Mother and Father Johnson. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they ask, you say, Coach, how do you... How do I watch your team play? And how right. will I watch right. your team? Well, you see, right. we're not on regular TV. That's right. You've got to be able to sign up and pay extra for yep. Apple Plus yep. Pac-12 yep. in yep. order. And how the heck would that team ever get Mr. and Mrs. Johnson's kid yeah, from going yeah, to Texas or yeah. Michigan or Ohio State. And then Kalen DeBoer pulls out a Roku stick. This here is a Roku stick. <laughs> now stick that in your TV. Is DeBoer talking because he's yeah, in Texas talking in a southern right. accent? Is yes. that why? He, he, he wants to fit in. <laughs> he wants to fit in. Like Brian Kelly does when he goes to Louisiana this here, State? This here is what we call a streaming stick. <laughs> 
You see that little <laughs> weird hole there? You stick it in there, and you watch your boy play. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, look, and I get the fact that streaming is the wave of the future, and the young folks are streaming. It's a complimentary wave well, of the but future. Like, like, like Bob Thompson, you weren't here yesterday. Bob Thompson, who's the retired president of Fox Sports Net, mm-hmm. was on the show yesterday. He said, look, a lot of people are streaming, but a lot of people aren't right. streaming. Yet. You can't just ignore that part of the demographic, okay? You've got to have some linear TV option. For as much as people used to slam the Pac-12 TV deal before, now you're going to come back and you're going to say, hey, by the way, uh, we're not going to be on TV, but you'll be on Apple+. Plus." People would have gone crazy. And the only reason why fans would sit there and say, hey, it would have been innovative is because they had no other option, yeah. right? No other option there, and it was better than nothing. And do I feel bad for Cougar fans? Yes, I do. I feel even worse for Cougar fans now. Yeah, we got okay? some news. Because Mike Silver is reporting. He's being told now that Cal and Stanford joining the ACC in all sports remains a possibility. He had reported two hours ago I'm told Cal, Stanford, SMU are in the process of finalizing a deal to join the ACC in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Now he's saying he's hearing they'll do it in every sport. But he reported two hours ago that they're finalizing a deal to join the ACC. Mike Silver is as dialed in as anybody when it comes to California sports mm-hmm. and Cal Berkeley. Uh, he is absolutely locked in down there. And if Mike Silver says that Cal, Stanford, SMU are in the process of finalizing an agreement with the ACC, it feels like it's done. And it feels like Oregon State and Wazoo are going to be heading towards the Mountain West. So we've gone from the Pac-12 to the Pac-10 to the Pac-9. Correct. To the Pac-4. Correct. To the Pac-2. Correct. To the Pac-0. To there the Pac-0. There ain't going to be no Pac. Nope. Pac's done. There ain't going to be no conference in football with the word Pac in the name. Which is kind of a sad thing, right? It it's is. kind of a shame. It is. And, you know, um, who was it? Petros brought this up today, and I wanted to ask you guys this question too. Jackson, you also. So you can, you got two options. Mm-hmm. You can go back and you can be a part of the Pac-12, meaning USC and UCLA never leave. Yes. Okay? Or you can leave the conference, leave those other schools, go with Oregon, and go to the Big Ten. What would you rather oh, have done? Oh, it's a no-brainer. Tell me. Go to the Big Ten, okay? Because that's the wave. Yeah. You just talked about the right. wave of the future. So even with the LA schools staying, yes. If, if the Big Ten came calling and said, "Hey, just so you know, we want to invite you in Oregon. We don't want the LA schools," which they never would say, but let's of course, just, yeah, for, for, that for shiggles and gits, they come to you and they say, "We don't want the LA schools. We want you, and we want the Oregon Ducks, and we want you to leave the Pac-12. It'll be the Pac-10. They can do what they want." Do you want to come to the Big Ten by yourself with Oregon? You would say yes. Yes, you just have to read the tea leaves at where college football is going. And college football is going to a two-conference or two-entity system Mm -hmm. eventually. Eventually the ACC will collapse. Eventually the Big 12 will collapse. And you will have two big-time conferences like the NFL does. And they will... Uh, you know, be 16 teams apiece or what have you, and you'll have your 32 teams, and that will be your Division One college football, and I want to be as close to that 32 as possible. Right, but but if the L.A. schools aren't going anywhere, then the more likely it is that the Pac-12 survives and you don't have that I think it just system. delays the inevitable. Do you think the L.A. schools eventually yes, take off? Yes, Okay, do. Jackson, you would stay in the Big Ten, too? Yeah, absolutely. You want to go? You just want to, you okay. want to, you want to be playing with the big boys with the way that this is going in the next decade. 
Yeah, I, I, I just think people have a lot of kind of memory loss problems here with how bad this conference was being clowned across the country mm-hmm. and by people over here. That's I mean, right. you know, when, when we talk Pac-12 football or Pac-12 basketball up until this year, which is ironic because now it looks great, obviously, it was always how horrible the refs are. Pac-12 basketball refs are awful. The commissioner's an idiot. The presidents are dorks. The, the uh, TV schedule's awful. Uh, the network sucks. Uh, you can't get any non-conference games here. The bowl schedule's brutal, right? All that stuff. Everything. Just hammering them over and over and over again. So why do people want to say now, that? now you want to go into a situation <laughs> where it's even worse than it was before yeah. with this new Apple deal, and you're getting mad at people for wanting to take off. I'm like, guys. Well, the only people that really mad are Cougar fans and Beaver fans. Well, I think, I think there's some Husky fans and some Oregon fans that are bummed out about the tradition and bummed out about the travel, bummed out about the level of competition. Right. I think a lot of fans, if you ask them, they, they would take the opposite approach from you and Jackson. They would say, if I could keep the 12 schools together, I would have done Well, that. if you could keep the 12 schools together as they were 20 years ago when the Pac-12 first started, well, okay. But that's not the reality anymore. This is a shell of itself. It's been a shell yeah. of a conference for the last decade. I wonder, though, how much the transfer portal really would have helped the Pac-12. Really would have helped the Pac-12 because it's helping them right now. I mean, look at look at Bo Nix, Caleb Williams, and Michael Penix. Your top yeah. three quarterbacks, yeah. your top three Heisman Trophy candidates are all transfers. DJ Ungalele? Every single one. They're, yeah. they're, they're all tra- I, I think the Pac-12, if they had stayed together, I think they would have reaped the rewards of the transfer portal almost more than any other conference Could be right. from a collective perspective. Uh, Tony Castricone is at the Graduate Hotel, high atop at the Mountaineering Club, ready to jump off the Good roof view today. with his uh, one-man parachute, not even doing a tandem anymore. You ever do that, by the way? No, <laughs> I have not. My dad and I were going to do it for my dad's 70th birthday, and both of us completely wimped out. Good for you. Yeah, we didn't do it. I would have done the same. We'll get a break. We'll uh, join Tony next on 93.3 KJRFM. Now you don't ever have to miss one of your favorite shows. We're available anytime, anywhere. Just search our podcasts at 933kjr.com slash podcasts. This report is sponsored by eBay Motors. A police investigation in Tacoma has 96th Street closed in both directions between South Steel Street and South Hosmer Street. That is causing some slowing on South Steel Street. And a crash in Gorst eastbound Highway 16 at Southwest Bay Street has the right lane block, causing a slowdown from Highway 3. That's traffic. I'm Tampa Fulton. You do anything to keep your vehicle happy. Let's make sure it stays running. Streaming live only on Hulu. Buy tickets now at AXS.com. Our nonstop coverage of Seahawks training camp continues from the Virginia Mason Athletic Center. Brought to you by Northwest Handling Systems. Find us at nwhs.com. Now back to Softy and Dick on Sports Radio 93.3, KJR FM. All right, we are in Renton, Renton, Washington, the shores of Lake Washington. Let's go across the lake. All right, up I 5. Yep, fighting traffic all along. Let's get off at the 45th exit, I believe, or is it 50th? Which exit do you want to take here? 45th. 45th. Get off at the 45th exit and then head north a couple of blocks to the Graduate Hotel and the Mountaineering Club. Get in the elevator and go all the way up, 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 up to the top of the building where there's a phenomenal bar, great atmosphere, mm. and Tony Castricone is there right now. Cocktails you know, and I, think I see you guys. Yeah. All the way down. Hi. I can yeah, like, see you, you all the way down. 
Yeah, that's uh, that's us, the, the two good-looking guys over there with the bulging <laughs> muscles. Well, here we go, baby. Uh, show number one, uh, kicking off the college football season from the Mountaineering Club. Man, it was good to see you at practice today. Uh, the vibe is awesome. I know the guys are chomping at the bit to get going next Saturday. Uh, how about you, man? Uh, we got ten days to go, baby. Yeah, well, I mean, gosh, um, I can't. I, I I guess here I am still just wondering what what do we do in segment one? Do we talk about all the million things that there are to talk about uh, that are off the field, or do we finally indulge in talking a little? Hey, it's football season. Talk talk about what to expect on the field. Uh, we'll probably do uh, quite a bit of both. But I gotta say, man, it's been the most interesting off season of of any team I've ever seen. And then on top of that, you've got uh, really high hopes for what's going to happen on the field this year. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah, you got to talk about the Big Ten, obviously. And then the news today with Stanford and Cal going to the ACC. I mean, it's just it's bonkers, Tony. I mean, what do you make of it all? What do you make of the last two months? And how excited are you about the last two months? Yeah, well, I, I, for Washington's sake, I'm super excited. I mean, I, I just think that... Um, Washington is going to get into a conference that it's going to it's going to be really fun to see how uh, how much passion that everybody else in this league has and, and our fan base has great passion too so we belong there and and uh, a lot of the programs aspire to compete for national championships and and they're all well funded and and it's going to be truly a great national conference and it's going to be great to create new rivalries and all that stuff so so I'm excited for our sake but I just I think when you look around the rest of college sports you know it's it's unfortunate, I, I think, that in the evolution of so many things, um, sometimes things have to happen that, that, you know, in a vacuum don't make a whole lot of sense, but yeah. it's, it's reactions to the dominoes that fall, right? And, and you understand all of those decisions and why they get made. And so um, that's just kind of where we're at. And, and who knows uh, what this thing looks like 10 to 20 years from now. Maybe the deck gets reshuffled yep. and, uh, and all of college football is in one big conference and they, they decide we'll just have divisions that are regionally based and they'll be like the same as conferences, right? So um, who knows? But uh, it, it's certainly a wild, wild off season, as wild as I've ever seen. Yeah, the Huskies could be in the NFC West with the Seahawks, for God's sakes. You know, who knows in 20 years? But, you know, I, I, I get a little nervous when there's as much hype as there is around this team. Because sometimes, Tony, in sports, and not just in college football, but any sport, it's really hard for teams to live up to the hype and the expectations. Yeah. And the hype on this team is, you know, maybe get to a Final Four, maybe go, you know, 12-0, and 11-1, whatever, um, get to the Pac-12 championship game in Vegas, maybe win the final Pac-12 conference championship ever. So give me your thoughts on, on why you think Washington can or maybe cannot meet the hype. Well, I think part of the reason that it's hard to meet hype and, and this is such coach speak, but I, I think it's actually true. I think it's because human nature kind of settles in, and those who are competing, they, they see the hype. They feel the hype. They read it. They believe it, and it takes their eye off the ball. And I think that's going to happen at every program that has high expectations. I think what, what a, a great head coach's job is to do is to try to keep everybody focused on the task at hand because the hype doesn't win you anything. It's fun to talk about, hey, the Huskies are ranked number 10 in the preseason, and, and you know Michael Penix just came out. He's number two on the Heisman tracker for ESPN.com today. and wow. All that stuff's fun to talk about. Oh. But I'll tell you what, none of it means a hill of beans if you don't go out there and play well on September 2nd against Boise State or any of the 11 weeks after that. And so um, I think – that what Coach DeBoer has done through his entire career 
And what a lot of these assistant coaches and a lot of these players have done a great job of doing is holding one another accountable to are you winning the moment? Are you winning the task at hand? Are you having a great practice? Are you having a great film study? Are you having a great you know, game prep for whoever the opponent is? And that's all they can do to control whatever the result is of the next thing that they got to take care of. And then you string a million of those moments together and you look up at the end of the season and you wonder, how did we get here 12-0? Well, you know, it's a whole lot of winning the boring stuff that a lot of people like to overlook. And I think I'm a believer in this system, this coach, these players, this team. I think they can go out and shock the world. And that's why I, I've never been so excited for any team, any sport, any year, any anything as I am for Husky football 2023. Tony, I know you got to run, but i got to ask you about Cam Davis. How big a mm. loss is that? Well, here's why, in my opinion. Um, there's not a whole lot that I think the Husky offense needed to improve upon from 2022 to 2023. But one of those things was getting better in third and fourth and short in those real mm -hmm. tight situations. Cam Davis was as good of a back as there is in the Pac-12 in those moments. And, uh, you know, uh, fortunately it's a deep room. They're going to have a lot of other options. But I, I do think it, yeah. it's going to be a big loss. All right, what's on the show today from the Mountaineering Club, pal? Head coach Kalen DeBoer coming up in seven minutes. And then Heisman candidate quarterback Michael oh. Penix Jr. in 37. All right. Hey, go get him, man. Great stuff, and we'll talk soon. I'll see you Friday at the Raise the Wolf, all right? All right. Sounds great. Thanks, go dogs. You bet. Go dogs. Tony Castricone is at the Mountaineering Club Graduate Hotel, top floor. Phenomenal bar. Have you been there, by the way? It's actually really, really cool. Very cool spot. It's actually kind of... I don't know if they like our kind in there, to be honest with you. It's it's kind of uh, above our pay grade, oh. if you know what I mean. Okay, okay? but it's yeah. very it's very very cool. I gotta, we should do our show up there one of these days. Uh, get out of here on a Wednesday and go to the show from the Mountaineering Club. But with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just gonna circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.